us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Father, I thank you this morning. You'll bring a greater revelation of who you are to every individual that's here today. Father, I thank you that there's new things to see. There's new things to experience because of all that you've accomplished for us. So this morning we get to declare your name. Father, I thank you that the confessions of our heart is that very thing, Jesus. There's no other name, but Jesus. So I thank you this morning that light has come. And I thank you that you are present to minister personally to every individual that's here, myself included, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. You can be seated. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have um oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. Look at you all. Very, very interesting. Great worship, you guys. Thank you so much. Really great. Um... Yeah, yeah, we are a family. So um, if there's ever a time, I'm just giving you all permission now. So if, ever, if there's ever a time when I finish preaching and I forget to shut my mic off and end up going about my things and visiting with people and using the washroom and all that, and you're hearing these funny sounds coming through up here, you all have permission to tell me, okay? Tap me on the shoulder. Your mic's still on. That's important. So, so just saying that that can happen, and it did at the first service, so help a brother out if you wouldn't mind. That'd be really great. Um, so we're starting a new series called One by One. My title this morning is The One Who Won. I get to preach about Jesus, uh, my favorite, favorite topic of all times. I hope that... As a church, we, we, uh, we become a church that gets hungry for the truth and hungry for God's word, not a church that learns to listen to sermons. L- listen, <laughs> listen, but, but the end game is really not that we, you heard something interesting or something. The end game is that you get hungry for the truth and you go search it out. Because I personally believe that the truth that's able to liberate us is also the same truth that can offend us. And so we can, today, you can get actually quite easily uh, offended by a few things and, right, so, but don't. Okay, just don't. Because the things that don't challenge us will never change us. And so if either the word of my preaching doesn't challenge you, then either, either the word or me, I'm not doing our job. We should confront lies because lies keep us in prison and we should declare truths because truths liberate us. And so for something to be true will not liberate you. For it to be, it's truth that liberates you. And so for it to be truth, it needs to be your own. And so once it becomes your own, then the enemy can't steal that. Matthew, Mark chapter four said there's a, one, there's a type of soil that the enemy stole the seed because they didn't understand. And the result was the seed got stolen and they, they lost their harvest. So what we need to do is when we come to moments like this and mornings like this, is I'm gonna do my very best, my utmost, to be able to share with you as clear as I can what the Lord is teaching me from his word. 
but you need, I, that's, it can't stop there, right? I'm, because I am, in case you haven't noticed, I am made of clay at best. <clears throat> and I am living, I'm learning, I'm, 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 I'm still exploring so many things. And, and um, it's, we believe in progressive revelation and that there's, we, we walk in the light that we've been given, but there's more light being given consistently. And I have found yesterday, I spent a day with uh, Alistair Petrie teaching and laying open truths. And I left with way more questions than I had answers. And so when we come together in times like this, we should actually be provoked to go back and search out the scriptures and look at your own experience and, uh, and try to um, make some sense out of it all. But you, just, you don't have to believe everything I say, um, but, you got, but you, here's what'll happen, is you'll, you do already believe something. And that something, is preser- pr- pr- that something is producing a certain type of life. Yours. <laughs> if you want it to change, you gotta change your beliefs. And, and, and here's why that's important, because we, we are, we, 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 quit stuttering, Lauren, okay. But you were never, God doesn't call you a Christian. The world called you a Christian. They were called Christians at Antioch. God never used that term to describe you and I. He called us believers, and he actually even used better terms than that. He used relational terms, like a family of God, and sons and daughters, and he gave us, not, right, he gave us relational terms. Right, I've, I've, I meet lots of people that say they're Christians, and I go, yeah, well, like, what version? Yeah. <laughs> right, because there's an upgrade probably for you. There's a 2.0 that you should be loading up. <laughs> you gotta, right, we're on, we're on this journey of always, all learning to walk in greater dimensions of who God is for us, and, and so I, I, I humbly submit to you that uh, I am just scratching the surface on what I'm going to preach this morning. I believe it, but I'm, so I know what I'm going to say. I have no idea what you're going to hear. But I, don't know what I'm gonna, I know what I'm going to say, generally, and then, and then there's these little rabbit trails that sometimes lead to rabbit stew, and other times they say, yeah, I'm just lost. So, so just work with me on it, Okay. Because I'm working it out. That's what I'm doing, right? I'm working it, baby. Okay, I'm working it. All right, I'm doing my best. And um, so I want to talk about the one who won. And I think, I think that's important. So I don't know if you know it or not, but you're on a diet. And every year I ask the Lord, so what does this body need? And I list off 12 themes, kind of. And then I try to live within those revelations for that month because I think you need a balanced diet. You don't need me talking about money every week, but you do now and again. Because the Bible talks a lot about that. You don't, mean my, don't want me talking about healing every week, but you need now and again. You don't need me talking about salvation every week, but you do now and again. And uh, you don't need me telling you about oh, you're an overcomer every week, but, but f- f- frankly, it's one of the only ways we learn is by repetition. So I'm probably gonna repeat some stuff. The, the way the truth gets embedded within us is by repetition and volume. It's the same way that a stronghold gets embedded in your life. I don't know if you know it, but many of you are held strong by strongholds. Did you know that? You'll have, there'll, be, there'll be things that'll keep you from going into new areas because you're held strong in a certain frame or under a certain ceiling that in order for you to break through that, you're going to have to think different or act different. That's just what the way it is. It's life. 
Um, there, that was a rabbit trail. I, no, I just come back here to where, we're, where, where I want to take you. I want to talk to us this morning about the gospel. You think you've heard it before. You haven't heard it before until you've heard Pastor Lauren preach it. This is, a, this is my favorite service, second service. <laughs> we're all done after this. <clears throat> so, and the other thing about that is if you do a bad one the first time and then you got to do it again, that's hell. That's really bad. But, but if the first one wasn't bad, this one can actually improve. So first one wasn't bad. Um, they don't have as good a sense of humor as you guys, though. So I'm happy, that, I'm happy to be doing this one. I have three primary revelations that I work out of in my life. Uh, one is around revelation, the other is around health, and the other around uh, prosperity. It uh, doesn't mean I'm walking in all of those the way I should be, but they are the three dominant areas or hills or that I, my, my revelations come out of. And so... Uh, um, I see, does this morning fit in with any of those? Maybe not. Okay, so, but here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about our, what, our beliefs. And I want to talk about the beliefs, are, how, the things that we uh, believe and how the things that we, the, in, around the gospel, the, about the gospel, of how that has, it has the, it's the power of God to change us. And if your gospel doesn't have the power of God, it's not the gospel. Because that's the word of God. And we believe the word of God is literal and authoritative and real. So, so I agree with, with Paul who said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If you're ashamed of telling the, sharing the gospel with someone, you maybe haven't heard it right because the gospel is great news. Really, really good news. There's no better news than the good news of the gospel. And so if you think it's onerous or you know wimpy or pathetic, you don't know the gospel because the gospel is the power of God. That's what it is. And if there's no power in your gospel, it's not the gospel of the Bible. And so when I see the, the precursor, we read about the, the, this, the precursor to the, the gospel is Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, it lays out what, what, what Christ would do. Who's believed our message? <clears throat> Here's what's important. <clears throat> the message of the gospel is awesome, but if you don't believe it, it has no power. It's gotta be embedded in your belief system. So who's believed that? It's a great question because I asked that same question this morning. Who believes this message? The, the, because the gospel message has the power to transform any and every life, regardless of race, nationality, color, creed, or gender preference. Just had to throw that in. This is the second service. I can say anything. Who's believed our message? <clears throat> Who has believed our message? Why? Because the message is believable. And to whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a dry root in dry ground, and there's nothing beautiful and majestic about his appearance and nothing to attract us to him. Did you know there was nothing to attract you to Jesus if you would have seen him walk down the street? You would have walked right past him at the co-op going through that produce aisle, and you would have go, what do you, nothing would have attracted you to him. There's nothing that stood out about his outward appearance. Isn't that, that's an interesting thought. I mean, you know, Noodle on that for a bit. Okay. Um, he was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. He was just acquainted with it. He didn't live in grief. Grief is a, is a temporary emotion that you don't live with, but we're acquainted with it. <clears throat> right? There's a way to keep moving on. <clears throat> we turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised as we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried and it was our sorrows that he weighed him down but he was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins. I hope you see the personal pronouns in there for us. 
He's, he's not referring to someone else. You kind of got to say in your heart right now, he's speaking to me. He's speaking about me. Uh, and verse, the next one, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was beaten so that we could be whole. And he was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, not just some of us, all of us, like sheep, <laughs> have strayed away. And we have left God's path, all of us, to follow our own path. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Your sin and my sin were laid on the body of Christ. Wow! Uh, this is a portion of the gospel that is mind-blowing. You don't have a sin that's too big for Jesus. You don't have a past that's too dark for Jesus. You don't have that twist in a background or that dysfunctional home that's too big for Jesus. This is, this is the power of, of the gospel. Is it, it reaches everyone and no one is outside of its reach. Somehow we get a crazy idea that it's only good people that end up in heaven. That's not true. There's no good people in heaven. There's only forgiven people in heaven. That a, but who's on the earth? Only forgiven people. He forgave everybody, everything, everything, everyone, past, present, and future. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And if you think that God can't, per, can't forgive your future sins, you, you, you don't understand the power of the cross. Because that's what happened at the cross. You better believe he can accept your future sins because while he was on the cross, he bore your current sin today. He, how, how amazing is that? Are you a believer? Like we're believers. A Christian, they said, they called them Christians at Antioch because they were imitators of Christ. You and I are not imitators of Christ. We are carriers of Christ. That's the gospel. You got the Jesus virus and you're dangerous to be around. If anybody's better, they better be careful when you're around them. If you cough, they're going to get it because it's in you. You get Jesus into your DNA. You get Jesus into your blood. You get Jesus into your spleen and your lungs and your mind. And we're Jesus people. It's Christ in you that's the hope and glory. That's the gospel. That's like, that's like such good news. Okay. Okay. So what happens when we read the Bible? And we're going through a thing. Everything in the Bible then relates to that thing. Case in point. I'm, I'm, I'm in need of supernatural healing. I wonder if Jesus heals. No, not if I've heard about him healing. I wonder if he healed me. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to read about Jesus' stories, how he healed people. That's informative, but it's not helpful. It's, 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 nice, that, it's nice to read about a shepherd boy killing a giant. It's nice, that's nice, but it's not very helpful today, unless, unless little shepherd boys are still killing giants today. Are you getting my, right? Unless you and I can be like little Davids and we see these big Goliaths, and we can able, we're able to take them on down. That's an interesting story, and it's nice to tell our kids about it, but it's not very helpful unless I can integrate that right now into my belief system. And that there's no giant that's big enough for the Jesus that's in me. Like, that's, 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 that's what's important. It's really nice that Jesus healed some people. That's a great story. I love reading about that. But the question is, will he heal me today? That's, now that becomes really helpful for me, right? 
I don't know if any of you thought about this before or not, because sometimes we think in order to get healing, we gotta, we gotta be good enough. Has anybody had that goofy idea? Did it ever occur to you that nobody that Jesus healed was saved? What are you gonna do with that? None of them. He hadn't been to the cross yet. This is, this is like, there's some, these are fairly confrontative to me. This is challenging to me. But here's what I also know. When I read about the times that Jesus healed in the New Testament, you read the Gospels, and there's 17 specific healings. But 14 of those, the people who were being healed had to do something. So here's what I get to say to you this morning without fear of contradiction. Everything has been done for your healing, but you have to do something for it. Hello. Isn't that, like, that's a mind blower, isn't it? Are you, I'm sorry, this second service is awesome. <laughs> like, cause you're thinking, you're working it out. The first ones, they had little bubbles over their head with their thoughts in it, and I go, oh man, they're all these crazy thoughts. You guys, you're all good. So what happens when, we, when we're reading through the scriptures and we're reading all, all of these things that Jesus, how he healed, I think that, 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 that they wonder, and here's a question we often ask, um, because if you're not comfortable with contradiction, if you, no, if you're not comfortable with paradox, you'll be uncomfortable with truth, because every truth comes in the form of a paradox. It's not linear. It doesn't come that way. It's on a continuum. When you have a truth, when a truth comes, a, a real truth that's able to change your life will be on a continuum. And if you take it to an extreme, it'll become a lie. Now that's wild, eh? I mean, try it. Just try it. Because God wants you healed, yeah? Well, if you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reject the doctor's help, you're an idiot. Because God may wanna use that doctor to heal you. Are you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Have you ever heard of people who say, no, I'm not gonna go to the doctor? Well, how are you gonna get healed? Here, you know, when you think of the, the, our, our, the creative power of words, just think of this a little bit with me, if you would, because it did say that the worlds were, worlds were created by worlds. Uh-huh. Is God still speaking worlds into existence? And is he using his voice or is he using your and my voice? I know. Makes you kind of go. You ever talk to someone and they go, what do you think? And they go like, they go like that. Have you ever met anybody who goes like that? They're kind of going, yeah, I know. Okay, so I hope... I'm trying to give an introduction to something and just warm me up a little bit and see where you're at. Um, this can be, a, this can be a, a, a stumbling block for many people. Man, I've had some interesting conversations with people who wonder why, well, you're a pastor, why are you sick or something? And I go, wow, hell, welcome to the world. It's like, look around. We got, there's, you, you notice there's viruses around? Have anybody noticed that? Who, no one's immune to viruses, right? Now, 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 when I tell somebody about the path of healing for me, I always get this question because they say, well, what about this person? What about that person? I say, good night. How, how do I know what they're thinking, doing? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know what they're, you know, how their gears are turning. I don't know what they're applying to. Their, I, I have no idea. I'm just saying for me. I'm just, right? I can't speak for you. I can speak to you, but I can't speak for you. So, so here's, here's a couple of scriptures that are very helpful for me. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him wow you got someone should tattoo that on their inner thigh like that's a profound thought 
For you, thank you. <laughs> I gotta preach to her. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God for him. That's right. Okay, gospel. John chapter twelve, verse thirty-one for thirty-two. Now, now is the judgment of this world. So, what the context of this passage is? He's speaking about judgment. Because some religious zealots think that God's judging the earth right now. That's just the goofiest thing I ever heard. Honestly, honestly, it's easy to point fingers, that, uh, that sort of thing. But biblically, it's unfounded. From my perspective, you don't have to agree with me. But, that, but if you, okay, so it says, for, 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 now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples unto myself, or I'll draw all men to myself. And if you look closely in your Bibles, you'll notice that the word men or peoples in italics, which means it wasn't in the original, con, the original uh, manuscripts. So he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all what to myself? All judgment to myself. All of the judgment that Jesus, that here, this is the gospel. God is not judging you. He judged Jesus, and in his body on the cross, he bore all of our judgment, all of our shame, all of our sin, and all of our guilt. That's the gospel. Do you believe it? This is a wonderful message. Such great news. Okay, so, so this crazy doctrine of ultimate reconciliation that means that everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna be saved, they, they use that as a pretext to that. Well, if I'll, so if, I'll, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. This morning we lifted up Jesus, didn't we? Uh, so we're the people. Why, well, aren't we lifting up Jesus? Aren't we lifting up Jesus? All, why isn't everybody, that's not the point. He's talking about judgment and Jesus bore all of our judgment in his body on the cross. That's the great news. That's a really, really great news. Right, that everybody's all gonna be saved and you don't have to do anything to get to heaven is just goofy, crazy, it's just insane, it just does not make any sense if you, you, because you're gonna have to do something in order for you to get saved. You're gonna have to believe into what Jesus has done for you on the cross. You can't just sit there and smile like a Cheshire cat or sit on your couch in your sweatpants. You're gonna have to step up, take the word of the Lord into your heart and say, I got it, Lord, I'm gonna follow you. And that's the beginning of our path that we receive into our life that what, what Christ has done for us. So, we're in a battle. And it surprises sometimes when I tell them they're in a battle which just tells me that they've lost because they don't believe they're in a battle. Margaret Thatcher said, some battles you have to fight more than once. She's right. I'm fighting many battles many times. And you come around and you say, haven't I been around this mountain? Haven't I fought that before? Yeah, yeah, well, it's time to sh get your sword out again, sonny. <laughs> Buck up, get them army boots on. I often get visions, visions of the bride with army boots on. Probably think she's got a Glock tucked away someplace too. <laughs> We're in a battle. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it beautiful? Isn't the bride beautiful? Yeah, metaphorically. But have you had a look recently? Somebody once said to me, he said, boy, the church really looks screwed up. I said, well, you should see it from the inside. It's like worse. <laughs> like honestly, you look around, right? You're no better than your neighbor. We're no better. We got the same problems, the same. But something happens when we believe that the resurrection power of Christ resides within us, and now there's no weapon that's formed against you that can prosper. Even though it's formed, it will not prosper. Because you're building your life on a revelation of the, on a rock that's solid, and it says that when the wind comes, not if the wind comes, when the floods come, not if the floods come, you will be able to stand solid. 
And what floods and rains test and teach and show you is what you really believe. And they're great because they show us that, man, I guess I really didn't believe that God's a deliverer after all. He's just a savior. He's really not my refuge at all. He's just the lamb of God. I just want to snuggle up with lammy. But he's a lion of Judah as well. And he's a warrior as well. We're going to have to get, we're going to have to see. There's over 500 names of God in the Bible. More than one for every day. The revelation that you have of the Lord today is not good enough for what you'll need tomorrow or this summer or in 2018. We need greater and ongoing and better revelations of who Jesus is for us. So nice and sentimental, we lift our hands in here and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want to know what's going on tomorrow when you're under it and you're not saying Jesus in a different context. That's what I want to know. <clears throat> well, I don't want to know that actually. But, that, but here's, here's what I've lived long enough to realize that people wrestle with stuff. I, and I wrestle with stuff. We all wrestle with stuff. Um, Okay, so I'm just coming out of the closet on that. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm getting, actually, I'm getting a bit mad at some stuff. I'm getting a bit of an anger on. If you think my crazy show, and I'm not gonna tuck it back in, I'm saying, I'm ready for something. And I'm not gonna give up. But he said in Matthew chapter 16, it says that, that Paul, he says, Peter said, um, Jesus asked him, who do people say that I am? Which is an important thing that you understand who people say that Christ is, that's important. But what's more important is who do you say that he is? That's way more important. And that cannot be revealed to you by any teacher. I can't teach you that. He says, flesh and blood cannot teach you this. Like I can rail on it and I can raise my volume, but I can't teach you that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. You have to get that from a different source. You understand what I'm saying? That's, got, that's a spiritual revelation that comes from the inside of you. You gotta pull that up out of some place, out of your innermost being. I think that's right about here. I, I don't know how else to, it says out of your belly. I don't understand that, but you gotta pull it up. I know, I, now I'm, I'm talking <laughs> metaphoric, but I'm just saying, you gotta get this revelation and you gotta get it up until it gets to your mouth. He said, who do you say that I am? And you gotta speak it, because it has to become your world. And you speak it out. And then he says, uh, four verses later, Peter is getting all, jacked up about being so tight with Jesus and he said Jesus is saying I'm gonna have to go to the cross and he says no 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 and Jesus did like a 360 I love this like he right did it this is a this is the, the best the best leadership phrase in all of scripture get thee behind me Satan what does that say about who and you and I are in Christ where is Satan well where you put him get him behind you right Okay, husbands never use this, say this term to your wives, never. That's not gonna win you any points. You, so here's what he says, he, and who is he saying? He's saying this to Peter, the guy he said, I'm gonna build my rock on this incredible revelation that you got on the, in the, this spiritual revelation, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And now he says, get thee behind me, Satan. What's going on? It sounds like a battle to me. You have an enemy, and people are not your enemy. You have an enemy. I'm just gonna repeat that. But people are not your enemy. But the spirit by which they speak things over your life may not have originated from the throne rooms of heaven. So you gotta be careful what people are saying over you. Do you hear me? You gotta turn that discerner dial up to just redline that sucker. Because not everything everybody's saying actually comes from the heart of God. It probably comes from a broken heart. 
And they got to hang around Jesus a little longer because there's nobody else that can mend a broken heart. Bee Gees, right? I know. Should I? No, I know. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> See, you, you guys, this is not karaoke morning. No way. Okay, so he's, so what happens is that is that he's got, a, he's got an enemy. We've got an enemy. People are not your enemy. So you have to learn to fight smart, right? Instead of having this humanistic viewpoint where everything is on the, on the human or the physical plane, there's other planes that battles are fought on. You and I are meant to, we deal with spiritual, issue, spiritual issues with spiritual weapons. You can't solve a spiritual problem with a physical weapon. Have you noticed that? I got some physical weapons a pretty decent little arsenal. I think I've got three 30-30s. Don't tell my son, my, one might have been his. Uh. Uh, the, you can't, you can't the, who are you gonna call? You can't use a physical weapon on a spiritual issue. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? Many, many physical issues have spiritual roots. Did you know that? Right, so when you make a physical action, what happens is there'll be a physical reaction. You can also make a spiritual action and cause a spiritual reaction. Did you know that? Right, so sometimes we have to act our way into something. It's not fake it till you make it. It's holding on to the truth about who you are and you begin to walk like that, right? You're an exclamation mark, not a question mark. Stand up. So, the thing about, um, man, Let me close. God, just got going. Okay, let me just let me just get to the important bits. Um, um, well, it's all important, but 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 here's what here's what, I just want to mention the thing about our our, our words and then um, how important our, our words are, and um, and and in Romans chapter six and verse sixteen, and, and we all should have this memorized. That don't you know? F- frankly, most of us don't. Don't you know? I'm not, not really. Well, we might know, but we don't believe. And we might know and believe, but not act accordingly. Don't you know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey? All right, Peter was, who was he obeying? Whether of sin leads to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. When you yield to sin, you are serving the enemy's agenda. So, that, so get, I mean, Get your heads on straight because I'm just gonna, in a minute, I'm gonna give you this point that all sin is forgiven. All sin has been dealt with. I'm just looking at the sections here. Okay. So it says here, but if we yield our bodies to, us, to, to sin, it'll lead to death. The wage of sin is still death. So if we yield our bodies to, to sin, it'll lead to death. If we, or of obedience, it leads to righteousness. Okay, so what happens when we sin? Does Jesus quit loving us? No. But what happens is I've opened up a door for access of the enemy to get in and create a whole bunch of problems. Right, so what do we do when, when uh, we, we, we have friends in Salt Spring Island. It's just a, a full of hippies. It's awesome. And we, we went there one day and we we're having coffee at this, this couple's place and they said, oh, we're gonna get there a little bit late. Uh, make sure you just, like when you go in, close the door. Summertime, and you go, well, yeah, well. So we all, everybody does, don't they? And uh, so we went, it's such a nice warm day. We decided that we'd leave the door open because it's so nice, right? So we didn't do what we are supposed to. So here's what happens. Um, 
the horse walked in. <laughs> and, and, and so I said, so I, I heard this clunk, 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 clunk. I said, honey, what? So sure, he, can, he knows where to go because he gets it, he comes in all the time. Comes in over, and, he, and I look in the living room there, and there's a horse. He jumped up on the couch. He rides in their car to town, in their, in their van. It's just the wildest thing. So I just took some Claritin and kept, yeah. Um, it's a little horse. <laughs> it wasn't, she wasn't a Percheron or anything, just a little, little guy. Um, here's my point. If you open up the door, some stuff's gonna come in. And once that door's open, and right, this happens all the time around here. You leave the door open, the cold comes in. It's the same thing. You leave a door open, how do you open up doors? You open up doors by sinful behavior. How does the enemy work? Primarily on ignorance. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You don't know when you open up a door. I think, here's what I think. I want to hear, here's how ignorance works. This is ignorance squared. I am, um, because, so I don't particularly like, uh, well, uh, Okay, so I've got some driving issues I'm being healed of. <laughs> and there's certain little cars that don't really have motors in them, they just got batteries and stuff, and they try to think they're all that, but they're only, it's like production stopped when it was, <laughs> if you've got one of those cars, God bless you. I, God's healing me, he's using these little cars to heal me. But what can happen is that you can actually begin to say stuff about other people, and you think, well, they can't hear me, so it's okay. But what's happened? You've opened up a door. You've opened up a door. You say, Pastor, you really believe that? Well, I'm just reading the Bible here, and I get, come across this, James 3.16, where there's envy and strife, strife, there's confusion, and every evil work. So by something I do, I can actually open up a door to enemy activity. You have an enemy, it's not people. You have an enemy, it's not electric cars. You have an enemy. And when we blatantly practice sinful behaviors. We give access for the enemy to come in. Here's what he wants to do. Trick you into thinking that you can carry unforgiveness in your heart as long as you want. And he just puts his foot in the door and you go, yeah, that's right. They didn't, they were like dummies. They shouldn't have done that. And I have a right to uh, not forgive them. And yeah, he loves that. Or bitterness, or rage, or envy, or greed. These are little unseen things that will create lots of problems in our life. If we don't acknowledge them, confess them, and close that front door. Shut the front door, everybody. The wind is getting in. Okay, so that can happen. All right, now let me get to the, you have an enemy. First Peter <clears throat> 5 verse eight. The enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so he's like a roaring lion, he's not. He's like one. And he's seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour anybody he wants, only whom he may. So the enemy can't just do whatever he wants. You have an enemy. Satan is an enemy. You have an enemy. But he can't do whatever he wants. He can only do what you agree with and what you cooperate with. That's all he can do. And, if you th and if you, as soon as we give away our power and authority, this is, what, this is how he functions, be, right, because we're to, we're to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You have a devil, he will flee. If you submit to God in this order, submit yourself to God, resist him, and he'll flee. Flee, flee, flee. Flees, please. You, here, here's what happens. We start to think, well, he's, well, the devil made me do that. No, he didn't. You did that. He can't do, he can't make you do anything. 
It's only who, what we cooperate with and what we agree with and what we give acknowledge, what we allow to happen, happens. The enemy functions on the power and the authority that you gave him because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Now, if you accept me, I'm gonna give you that and you go in that authority and that power. If, you're, if you think the enemy has power, it's because you've given him power and you've given him authority. Can I say, no, can I hear an amen? I can say it. I want to hear it. So it's important that we recognize him and resist him. There is a thief. Jesus is not a thief. The Holy Spirit is not a thief. But there is a thief, and he comes to do three things. Steal, kill, destroy. And typically, it comes in that order. He comes first, and he just steals a little bit. And then once he's stolen a little bit, once you lose your joy, now he's going to try and kill and ultimately destroy so he just comes with little, simple, little, little things. Just little, uh, insignificant, they seem little insignificant things. What is he doing? He's stealing from you. You start, he, has anybody ever had their joy stolen? Man, I'll, gosh, I lose that in Best Buy every time I go there. I, why can't I have that phone right there? What's up? Uh, I'm, I'm back in wine country. All I'm doing, wine, wine, wine. But so what happens is just a little thing. Has anybody ever had any, any money stolen? Has anybody had any peace stolen from them? Do you, not, you and I know that it's the gospel of peace. If you have peace stolen from your life, there's a thief. And you need to get that back again. We're people who are meant to live in peace, live in hope. We're supposed to live, that's how we're supposed to live. And we're going to live on time. Um, Sin is not an, e an issue. It's not an issue. Okay. <sighs> One of the major, this is a big, the church, church is um, not, uh, mm, religious, mm. man, we, we've made such a big deal about people's sin and, and use guilt to manipulate and, and, and uh, like, Okay, so let me just get to my point. Um, what, we have a battle. Jesus won the battle. The, one of the major battles is a sin issue, both our definition and our perception of that. But I just need to remind us that we're forgiven people. Forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. All of your sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. It's all forgiven. Now, how are you going to function? I hope you learn to function from a place of forgiveness and intense love. You are, you are deeply and passionately loved by the Father. And somehow we get this idea that grace, grace overlooks sin. No, no, grace gives you the power to overcome sin. It doesn't overlook it. All right, so the good news. Um, so, so the good news is that my sin has been dealt with. The good news is the enemy has been defeated. And the good news is that I am free. I'm not in the pr same prison with a better mattress. I'm free. You and I have been delivered and we've been free. Okay. So Jesus literally, this is important, he didn't take your sin. He wasn't an offering of sin. The Old Testament had that provision. The picture of Christ in the Old Testament was always the lamb. It was a picture of one that would come. And what happened is that, that the, the priest would put his hand on the, on the head, on the scapegoat, on the goat, the scapegoat, and specifically confess his sins. That's how it ha happened in the Old Testament. And that was a form of a substitute for your sin. What happened now? God placed Jesus as the Lamb of God for you and I, and he placed our specific sin on Jesus as a, substitu as a substitution for you and I. He did, and, and the Old Testament can never do this because the best it could do is atone for sin or cover sin. Your sin wasn't atoned for. It wasn't covered. It was bore in the body of Christ. He took it in his body, and you can't take it back unless the enemy tries to talk you into it. Yours, he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
That is a mind-blowing passage. What I just said, I only have like that much light on that, and it just revolutionizes my entire being. I just go, yay, God. All right. I hope you get that. He didn't take our sin. He, he was not an offering. He literally became my sin. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, and he laid on him the iniquity of us all. Your physical sins as well as your mental and emotional sins. There's different words in Isaiah 53 that cover your emotional and your mental healing as well, not just your physical healing. And we'll, we'll maybe talk about that next week. Okay, so Satan's real, but he's not who you think he is. But he's real. Ephesians 4 says that we need to finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. How are we going to do that? By putting on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. The word wiles has, a, has three meaning. Uh, it's one meaning, here's three words to describe it, uh, literally. Craftiness, cunningness, and deception. Nothing to do with power. Well, everything to do with sneaky cheeky. He's sneaky. And here's what he'll do. This happens when stuff goes bump in the night. I, and again, it keeps happening. I had a bump last night. And I go, okay, so what's outside? And then I'm starting thinking of that crack house down there. And I start thinking about, oh, you mind? I said, hold it. He's a liar. He's a liar. That's what he does. He excels at accusing and lying and deceiving. And, de- and, and he's a felon as a criminal. And he's a master deceiver. And he'll try and convince you that he's really big. And then he'll get some producers in Hollywood reminding you he's really big. And he's all like this. He's not. According to the scripture, he is a zero with the edge knocked off of it. He is nothing. After Christ bore on the cross, you're my sin. All he's got for you and I is to remind us of that. And what we get to do is remind him about what Jesus did. When he comes to you and says, I'm the storm. I'm the, you can't handle it. You're too weak. You say, no, no, no. I'm the storm. Back off. You don't know who you're dealing with here. I got the resurrected one on the inside of me. That's who we are. We're those sort of people. I, 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 you know, I'm trying, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to release as much of, I want our, I want this people, I want the, I want the word of God to so transform you that when people see you in any sector of society this week, they'll go, hey, where you've been drinking? I want to have some of that. He said, whoa, whoa, it's right here. We're people of the word. We're people who don't just listen to the word. We incarnate the word. And that's who you and I are to be. We're, we're not, we're, that's who we are. We're incarnators of his word. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wrap it up right there, I think. Um, the word became flesh. And, and, and this is a profound, I think this is a profound thing. How, how did the word become flesh? Who, like whose word was that? This is really interesting to me. You may not agree with me on this, which is fine. But the word became flesh. Whose word became flesh? What word became flesh? Like when Jesus would say, as the scripture says, he, they only had the first five books of the Bible now. So he says, the word became flesh. How many times do you think somebody had to declare that a virgin shall conceive? How many, and this, this isn't a typical prophetic voice that some prophet gets up and says, by the way, a virgin's going to have a baby. How long would it have taken for you and I, because he gave authority and power over to us, right? Enemy tried to trick, then he came. And he empowered us once again. How many times would the word had to been declared? No, one is going to come out of, the sh- out, of the, out of a dry stump. One's going to come. How many times would that have had to been declared before the word finally was, okay, now it's ready? 4,000 years, probably at least. And so for you and I, how many times do you have to declare the word over a situation? Over and over and over 
until you begin to remind those principalities and powers that they need to bow their knee to the word of the Lord that's within you, that's anointed, it's filled with power, it's filled with authority, it has not lost its power, it's still sharp and it's still powerful. The word of God is still alive. And once that word gets alive in you, that living thing, it gets out and it gets out everywhere around you. You are dangerous because you've got the living word within you. Okay, I've said a lot. Um, that's, and, and I've said all I need to say, so let's stand. When the chips are down, the buffalo's done. In, in, in mornings like this, it's very common that, that our belief systems and or our understand, our, our, our current revelation gets pushed a bit and gets expanded a bit and our thinking has to become bigger in order for us to become bigger people. And I'm trying to put a foundation under us that, that God can give, build bigger lives, bigger people. And, um, you know, honestly, the, the best that we can do is continue to declare the word of the Lord over you. And what you, I hope that you do is go home and you take the word and begin to declare it over your situations until those situations begin to bend to the reality of God's word and it's got a higher authority in your life. If you're here this morning and you're facing really challenging situations that you would like someone to believe with you in faith, you feel that your faith is, um, you know, getting thin or something, we got a prayer team that's present. I'll just ask them to come on up now and they'd be glad to pray with you. If you don't know Christ as Savior, we'd like to pray for you. If you'd like to know him as Deliverer, as your refuge, as your strength, or any other thing, these people would be glad to pray with you. And of course, I'll be up here with them and some of the rest of us. Uh, I believe that today through those doors walk liberators, carriers of truth, genuine world shakers, because our worlds have been shaken. And I just now release you to go and change your world. You're released. Go and change your world. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to turn my mic off now. We hope this message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.